Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Brad Hackman. Hello, hope you're doing well. Matt and Brad here, back with another Pure Victory Podcast episode. And we just wanted to do something just to communicate God's heart today. It's just so important to, to not always just be intellectual and to teach and to do different topics, but sometimes it's like, let's just let's just have a time of ministry and let God minister to our hearts, and um, we'll, we'll do our best to communicate God's heart, but we just want to really encourage you guys just to take something seriously that we that we might touch on, that God will will speak to your heart and go, man, he's got, he's got mm-hmm. more of a heart for me than I've been realizing, and so we're hoping that this is going to be an impactful, powerful time for you. Yeah, and I, I think that this has helped Matt, you and me, in understanding how we address issues in our life, what we do when we're faced with challenge, and then understanding who we are, who God is, and especially when you have porn, because we've talked to guys, I think we've had this mindset where you're battling a porn addiction and you just feel defeated, you feel deflated, you feel like God's forgotten you, you feel like you're alone, that your sin is just too great, that you know the dirt and the filth in your life is too much to clean up, that you're stuck in this mud pit, you'll never get out. And you feel often like, why would anybody reach a hand out to me? Because I deserve this, or, you know, this is, this is uh, my lot in life. Like I'm never going to be free from this. So I might as well just stay stuck in here and just keep doing what I'm doing. And you feel like God just won't reach out that hand to you to pull you out. And we want to tell you that a lot of that is just birthed out of lies (laughs) in your life. And 
we also want to share too, you know, right, Matt, like of how, what God's heart really is, what, how he does approach us, because sometimes we don't know that, right? Like we think it, it's all this performance thing. Like I got to perform, then God will love me because that's how we view others in life and in our own journey. Like, Hey, I'll be accepted by others when I'm doing well, when I sound good, when I look good, when I am successful, then I'll be accepted by others. And we apply that to God. It's not true. That's not how he approaches us. I wonder, can you, can you receive that? Do you feel like you're 100% fully accepted by God in your life? Do you feel like God's pursuing you? Um, I remember one guy, he got, he got mad at me. He's like, God doesn't pursue people. We need to pursue him. He doesn't pursue us. I'm like, oh, that's such a sad way to live. And he was falling from Christ and falling into sin. And it's the, the, the result of viewing God incorrectly is, is always mm. sin. And so I just wonder, like, do you, do you feel like God is pursuing you? Do you, do you know that God is pursuing you? Um, he is. He's such a lover. God is such a lover of your heart. Mm-hmm. He looks at you. He believes in you. He wants relationship with you. And, to, and, and it's, a, it's a crazy thing because God's heart is always just, I want my people. I want my children to know me. I want them to feel loved. I want them to feel whole and complete and accepted. Um, fully adopted into his family, and that can never change. And 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 then we have an enemy though who does misdirection. And you know, in 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 magic, there's misdirection. They'll get you looking at, your, at their left hand. Right. The magician yeah. will when when they're doing something with the right hand to do the trick. And and God's heart is just always like, man, I've got a heart for you. I love you. Come to me, my child. And Satan's like, hey, you're watching porn, or 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 it might just be like, hey, I'm not watching porn, but I'm I'm just looking at different pictures, and it's not as bad, and I don't feel as bad, but but I do feel a little bit bad, and and you justify, right? And we we're justifying in this workspace mentality rather than living in grace and rather than just realizing like, man, God's heart is for me every single day. And so I think it's common for a lot of us to go through the day, not really thinking about God's heart for us, but rather thinking I need to do this for him or I'm doing this wrong thing. I'm sinning and I need to, I need to deal with the sin rather than just going, man, God, thank you that you're chasing after me you're pursuing me you're loving me and and it's it's a funny thing because he 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 chases us with his love he chases us with his with his kindness with his goodness He, he desperately wants us but he doesn't chase us so much that he doesn't let us do what we want, right? Like yeah, he, yeah. he he gives us the freedom because of love to do what we want. Yeah, he doesn't twist our arm, right? And I think of that parable in, actually it wasn't a parable. It was actually, it did happen. Jesus was talking to that young guy who had a lot of money. He he thought he had to figure it out. And he came to Jesus because he wanted to be affirmed because he's like, hey, I got this figured out. So I'm going to go to this great teacher he called Jesus, right? <laughs> or good teacher. And Jesus is like, why do you call me good? He's challenging him in his thinking, right? Because he wants to be affirmed in his success, his performance. And then Jesus says to him, you know, sell everything you have and follow me. Because he knew this guy's heart. That was what he was chasing after. That was his God substitute, right? Was was the money, the riches. And that guy left away. He left from Jesus feeling sad. He left him. Jesus watched him go away. He didn't run after him the way that we think someone, what pursuit is. But his invitation was one of open arms, of love, sympathy, empathy, love, he was there for this guy if he chose to come to Jesus. He made his choice. Jesus didn't twist his arm. He didn't force him onto the ground and say, no, you're going to love me. <laughs> no, he doesn't do that. And you know what? 
I'll share a little bit of story of my life too here, um, how this relates uh, in, through my life too. But there was a time where I was not following God and I was involved in drinking, partying, drugs, alcohol, you name it, I did it. And there was this one time where I was with a group of people um, at a club. We were partying it up and I was a designated driver that night. And my two buddies pulled me aside and said, hey, let's go to the south side. Let's get some drugs. So I'm like, okay, sure. Why not? Right? Let's so, so we hopped in the car. We were driving. I was coming up to an intersection and I had a green light, you know, going a little bit over the speed limit. But this one driver coming the, uh, the other way, so he had the red light, he ran the red light and I hit his car full force. Both our vehicles were completely wrecked and totaled. By the grace of God, it was a miracle. No one was killed. No one was injured. But in the aftermath of that accident, I felt God speak to me and I felt him say to me, I will let you to go down this path, you know, drugs, partying, all that stuff. I will let you go down that path because I love you. I will not force you to do anything. But if you come to me, if you choose to follow me, I have a better life for you. And you know what? I'm so thankful that I listened to that invitation. And that's what God does, right? It's an invitation. He invites us into this uh, relationship with him. And that's what pursues after us, the kindness of that invitation, that love. It never uh, wavers or, or changes in the sense that invitation is for each one of us. And we can come to him. We don't have to perform, but we come as we are, right? Like Jesus loved us when we were still sinners. And that's what I think we need to understand. We come as we are. We don't have to clean up our act to come to him. You know, and I hope you just hear that. Come as you are. Yeah, I've, I've heard a few people say this, that when we're living in this workspace mentality, living kind of more religiously by the rules, we, we think, oh, I've screwed up. I can't tell my dad. But when we're living in grace and in love, fully accepted by God, we go, man, I screwed up. I better go to my God. I better go to my dad. And that's how it is with the father. It's like when we screw up, let's go to him. And he shows us this right from the start. It's, it's the love that he has for us where, mm-hmm. where he makes us in his likeness and his image. And then he goes, oh, you know, it's not good for Adam to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. Let's, let's do something out of love for him. Let's do something where he can have a romantic partner because I want the best for him. And then they, he gets a Eve and then Adam and Eve, they do their thing and they sin. And then what does God do right after that? He goes chasing them. He goes looking for them. Hey, where are you guys? Mm-hmm. Right. And then they, they justify their sin. And it's like nothing that they did after they sinned was good. They, they, they are trying to blame each other and blame Satan and not take responsibility. And yet still God is like, you know what? I'm just going to cover you. I'm going to cover you with garments. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to have a, a death take place to cover you. I'm going to have it's the slaughter of an animal so that you can have garments, right? And it's this death that takes place through Jesus that he's always covering us and we can go to him. And so I, I want you to, as you're listening, just kind of consider, like, how do you respond to yourself when you sin? How do you respond to yourself just in your day-to-day, like when, you don't, when you're not feeling so hot? Do you go, man, I, I'm not living up to the standard that God has for me or wants for me or, Oh, I've let God down so much. He must be so disappointed in me. Is that your narrative? Because if it is, we just want to encourage you just go to the Lord and just tell him. Yeah. I mean, we want to push you guys, go to Jesus, go, go spend some time in silence and just ask him questions. And God, what do you think of me? How do you see me? How do you see my sin? Um, what do you have for me? Like, what did you make me for? Everything that God is ever going to tell you is going to be good. Mm-hmm. It's going to be loving. It's going to be kind. You're going to feel and experience his heart. And uh, I mean, we love because he first loved us, right? And we were able to love. We're able to experience, to give and to receive love because he first loved us. But 
he doesn't love in the way that we do because we love with an incomplete love that's kind of tainted by selfishness. But I heard one of of my pastors in this sermon really impacted me. He said, he said, God is love, but he's more love than you know. And he's kindness, but he's kindness on a different level than we understand. And he's goodness, but he's like, he's more good than we think goodness is. And just to understand that we have finite brains, but God is infinite in everything that he does. And everything, like he's He's more than we can think or imagine. He can do more. He is more. And the love that he has for you is so much more than than what we understand when we let, when we beat ourselves up through sin um, and with shame and with guilt. Yep. And so I just think every single day he's longing for you. He's longing for your heart, longing for your mind, and longing for you to come to him especially when we screw up, but really anytime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think of that, you know, too, of how when God with open arms receives us and loves us, sometimes we we might get that on a level, okay, he loves me, and we don't know what that means as far as our choices and our actions and what we're supposed to do with that, you know. And I think sometimes you know, we, we say, okay, God loves me and I'll continue down the path that I'm going down. And, you know, he'll just always love me. And we would call that, that's what we call cheap grace <laughs> in the sense like, hey, I'll just keep being a, you know, sinning and doing what I'm doing. So we're not talking about like, you need to pull your bootstraps up and some sort of legalism of, hey, to receive God's love, I got to perform and I got to be a certain way. But it's this, you know, coming to him and saying, I'm a sinner. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, uh, but I'm fully loved by you and, you know, receive me. And he does. And then not only that, but our stance towards that is we respond to the love, you know, instead of trying to earn love, we respond to the love that he has given us freely. And I always think of that, you know, that woman that was almost stoned, right? In the Bible, how, you know, when everybody left her. So if you don't know the story, basically they brought this woman before Jesus. We're going to stone her because she was caught in adultery. And they said, you know, like, what do you say? What say you, Jesus? You know, it's, the law says we need to stone her. He said, well, you know, if none of you have sinned, then you'd be the first one to throw it. No one could say, say that I didn't sin. <laughs> and then he was left there with her, and she looked up at him, and he just basically said to her, where are your accusers? Saying in, in love, I don't accuse you either. And then he said, though, you know, I love you, I receive you, and the actions he showed her, but then go and leave your life of sin. So there's a response to this. So what we say is, practically speaking, what does this look like to receive God's love? And I think it's our stance towards him. We come to him as we are, but then we respond to that love and say, okay, God, there's a way and a path that you've given me to just walk in this, to receive it, and to obey the things that you've set out for me. And you know what's best for me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe that in faith, that you know what's best for me, and I'm going to follow that no matter how difficult it might seem in the moment. I'm going to do it because it's better for me and I have to depend fully on you. Because often when we're, I mean, right now, when we're battling porn, battling porn, we think that, you know, we kind of depend on our own kind of, I guess, willpower. And we think that, hey, I oh, can, yeah, yeah like I, I can do this. I can, I don't need God in this. I can do this on my own. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to set all these things in place or whatever else. And then you just get so upset and defeated and frustrated because it doesn't work. You need to depend on God in the process. And he gives us a path. Or if we go, man, I do need to depend on God, but 
then I'm dependent on him or I'm trying to, but I'm still like a year later, I'm still watching porn. Like, what is yeah. this? He's not with me. But you think about it, like he is so long suffering. That's one of his attributes that he can't get away from. That's just who he is. He's long suffering. He's, he, he's patient. And, yeah. Yeah. and he just, I mean, if you think about the sin of the world, like think about sins that he is allowed to go on even legally. Like there's been laws passed so that sins can be, can be done legally in the world. And he doesn't come in with a with a fist the day after the laws pass and go, no, this can't happen. He lets it happen. Yeah, and like it blows my mind. I know, Brandon, you're saying it blows your mind too. Like we were talking <laughs> about this before, because it just doesn't make sense. Like it's like if you're so mad about this thing, why do you why do you let it go on? But he's so long suffering in our lives too. And Brad, I think you were saying this before, so well before we were recording. But but when we have sin in our life, he is so long suffering that. He he's like, man, I've been with you for a year. You've been calling me. Look at what I have done. Mm-hmm. I know you want to get free from porn. I know you want to stop masturbating and doing whatever you're doing. But look at the progress that you've made. Look at the little gifts that I've put into your life. Think about this. Like, think about it in the sense that Jesus is a is a romancer. That if God is love, he's every kind of God. Or or he's every kind of love. And yeah. and he, he's the bridegroom and he just wants to romance us. And so you think about this, like think about a man who's getting ex- so super excited to go on a first date with this girl who he's been pursuing for years. And then he, he he's like he goes and gets a haircut and then he's getting, you know, his best clothes and he gets his clone and and he 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 just gets everything ready and he's got this anticipation. I know for me, <laughs> uh, the first time I was ever going to have an actual conversation with with Louise, the girl that I married, I was like, I was anticipating it literally all day. I was like getting ready for this church service where I was going to mm. see her. And all day I was like, how am I going to dress? Like, what am I going to say? You like, ran through what you're going to say. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I ran through like me. Yeah, I did. I ran through what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah for sure yeah, I did. Okay, for sure I did. Made sure you showered. I did shower. Good, yeah. good yeah. man. I yep. had my I had my weekly shower. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and anyways, so but think about the anticipation of a man who is like trying to impress and trying to lure a lure or lure somebody in, like lure in a woman. That's what God does, but even more. Like, what does He do? He brings roses. He brings maybe chocolates. He brings whatever. Think about that a man who's getting married the next day, often a, a, a soon to be groom will, um, will, you know, write a card for, a, mm-hmm. for his bride. I made a, I made a CD for my wife to, to listen to the night before I wrote her a little letter. What are the little gifts that God gives you in your life? I mean, those are signs of his love. And to think that he gives us gifts, he get, he's so kind and he drops little pieces of love in our in our life even when we're in sin. Yeah. And even when we're beating ourselves up and we feel so much guilt and so much shame, look for those things because yeah. when you can really receive God's love and see it being evident in your life, it's so cool. I remember one time I I looked at porn and I remember I was driving and I was feeling pretty bad about myself. And I remember I looked up and I don't know what it was, but the area of the road, the tre- trees had cleared and this, the sky was just beautiful, like beautiful, the colors. And I just remember kind of an impression I feel like God's saying is like, you saw this at this moment because I allowed it to be seen because I love you. And like, that's so powerful. And he does that. Those, like you're saying, Matt, all these reminders. I mean, 
of, of how he loves us. And, and he doesn't have to, he, he just doesn't does it have he to. Loves you. And sometimes we miss that because we think we're scum. <laughs> like we think like, Hey, you know, like I've been involved in this and that, and why would someone love me? I don't deserve it, but we miss out on this. We don't look for it. And sometimes that's, 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 it's so sad that we do that because we miss out on the fact that you're saying, man, like, God's love does pursue after us. He has left us all these things. You know, he's given us his son. He's given us the Bible that described this imaginable, unimaginable love that he has for us. And it's there for us. And we just miss it because we're so bogged down in this, this sin. You know, we, it's just this too big of a mountain. We can't see around it. We can't see past it. You know, and we think that's the only thing in our life that really is our vocal, our focal point, And we can't see past it. And, but God loves us in such a deep way. Yeah, and with open arms. I mean, think about the the parable of the prodigal son, right? Like, he's got open arms. And you think about it, like, that, that father was so pumped to see his son. And he threw a huge feast for his son. And he dressed him up. And, and he told everybody, like, my son's back. And they got their best food. And he was so pumped. And so you think about that, like, he wasn't, going like man you disappointed me you rotten boy like <laughs> yeah. and, I, and giving him a few slaps on the head before before accepting him right yeah. he was like i know what you've done i know i know what you did i know you squandered my whole inheritance that i gave you your whole portion of it and i, I know you've ran away but he didn't even say that he just like he he knew that but he's like i am so pumped that you're back home with me and that's how god is with us i think when when we're unbelievers and then we come back and we we enter into the family of god i think that he's so pumped but i also think in the same way he's so pumped when when we've sinned not that we've sinned but when we when we have sinned and then we still come to him yeah. i think he's like yes thank you you honor you honor me you know my love you're receiving my love now i have a chance to to love you and and he just if you look in scripture it really impacted me when i when i started seeing this so often when jesus would see people like the rich young ruler mm-hmm. like you're saying braden or um or or the woman who has committed adultery in these stories and others it says that jesus had pity for them or jesus had compassion on them yeah. and when you understand that jesus has compassion on us um, man, it's so powerful. Yeah. There's times where we just have difficulty receiving too. And, and our heart really gets in the way. Like sometimes our heart is just kind of calloused and hard. We put these walls around it cause we, we feel like we, we just don't deserve anything. Right? And we, we, we just have a hard time understanding the fullness of God's love. Sometimes we don't accept that. Like we don't receive that. I don't receive that. Why would I, you know, we just, we just feel these things and we build these walls around our heart and the way that we come to God too. I mean, I, going into Luke, I can't remember where exactly, but there's another parable of how the two different people coming to the temple. So the church of the day, let's, let's just put it in that language, but you know, kind of a religious leader, Pharisee, and he came, you know, with that attitude of, Hey, I've done all these things. I have so much I've given so much and you know and and it came with that attitude and then there was that tax collector now tax collectors in those days man they were looked down upon they were like the worst of the worst right because they represented the Roman rule over Israel they represented selling out your traitor all these terrible things right he comes to the temple and he just beats his chest saying I don't deserve your forgiveness I'm a sinner he couldn't even look up at the heavens that's what the parable says what a different attitude you know I'm not saying that you know we beat ourselves up but you come to God with the attitude of, I need your love. I need you. 
Instead of this, hey, look what I've done, God. Here's a Rolodex of all my successes. We do the same thing on the other end. We have a Rolodex of all our failures, so we don't think you can receive us. You come as you are with that attitude. And we hope you hear that. You know, right now, that's maybe your, your practical application as you listen to this, because you might be thinking, you know, this, is, this sounds a lot of, there's a lot of, um, not theory, but there's a lot of uh, kind of thinking that's, I don't understand how I apply that in my life. Well, the practical application is first your attitude in coming to God. He has sent an invitation to you, no matter where you are. You looked at porn today, that invitation is still there of receiving that love. His love is there for you. It is there for you. I always had this visual. I remember someone helped me with this, but one time I looked at porn and a, an accountability partner said this to me. He said, I just want you to go back there. Just kind of close your eyes and think about this. Where was Jesus when you were looking at porn? And I remember thinking about that. I'm like, you, you, initially you're like, he wasn't there with me. <laughs> he wasn't in the room. But I remember the visual I had that God gave me. He was right there with me. He didn't leave my side. And of course, I just, I had this image of just, he had tears because he loved me. And he was seeing, he, it wasn't that he was the disappointment so much in me, but he saw the pain that this was causing my life, the sin that was causing this, these issues in my life. And that was what was grieving him. But he was there with me. And I think that sometimes we don't get that image. You know, we feel like he's abandoned us. Not true. That is not true. So practical application here, understand that he's there with you. He's for you. He cares. He cares about where you are, no matter what you've done. His invitation into that love, that loving relationship is always there for you. And his kindness is always in that. You know, he's so kind. He's so loving. He's so good to us. So I just hope that you hear that. Yeah. And I just want to kind of, say this before we end too is that if like god's thinking is so different than us it, it than ours it just blows my mind um king david committed adultery and killed a guy and god says he's a man after my own heart <laughs> yeah <And I'm> like, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense no. and you think about the way that he worked through david's son even like solomon solomon had like a thousand women that he was with and yeah and and but he blessed the guy and he used him and and he loved him and it's incredible. And so his thinking is so different than ours. And just to think about that um, in the sense of how, like how, what do you think about yourself related to your sin that makes sense to you? What do you think like, okay, so I've sinned. Obviously I'm falling short of the glory of God. Obviously I can't go to God. Like those things logically make sense. If they make sense to us, it's probably not God. Because if it makes sense to us in light of our sin, it doesn't align with the thing that doesn't make sense, which is grace. That doesn't make sense at all, which is, uh, it goes with the thinking that like this guy can kill a, kill a dude and commit adultery and God says, yeah, he's a man after my own heart. Like that doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's because he had, he had a repentant heart. That yeah. was, that yeah. was the key to that, but, but it doesn't make sense. And so for you, um, uh, maybe you do have a repentant heart. I'm actually sure that you do if you're listening to this, but then do you beat yourself up because of your sin or are you so proud of your repentant heart? Because I guarantee you, God is so proud of your repentant heart. And he's so proud of you for growing and for for hating the sin in your life, for desiring it, for desiring freedom. I'm, I'm, I guarantee you he would be. And so for you in relation to sin, what makes sense to you? Probably that's wrong. <laughs> and I had this really cool experience with a, with a coaching, uh, a guy that I do. I don't like saying client. Client sounds not personal. <laughs> I don't like that word. But yeah. he, I, I get to work with this guy in a coaching relationship um, one-on-one and, and, and I just thought it was so cool because I always, I always talk about pornography being a Goliath in our land and in our lives where we see it as being this massive thing, but really 
we're like, no, God's like, no, it's just like, I need a, I need a guy to step forward and realize the battle's mine mm-hmm. and he can do it. But we see it as this big terrifying thing. But this particular friend, I'll <laughs> say, cause I, I, I really do feel like people are friends when I work with them. Yep. Um, he was, he, he was really struggling with this. And I, I said, what is, what do you think God or, or ask God, like, just take some time right now and pray and ask God, what does he think of your porn addiction? And so he just did it. He said, God, what do you think of my porn addiction? And he sat there silently for a bit and he came back to me. He said, I feel like God is telling me that I'm making a mountain out of a molehill. And if you don't know that phrase, basically it's saying that you're making a huge deal out of something small. Yeah. And and so he said, it's so funny to me because that's a phrase that I often use when, when other people in my life at work or whoever... Um, make big deals out of things. I always say they're making a mountain out of a molehill. And often, I mean, there's more to the story, but often God will show his love by just showing us that he knows us. Mm -hmm. And to me, like he speaks to us in a way that, that we know and in a way that we can understand. And that's a way of him showing us love that just that he knows us so much. And so we said that to this guy that, that you're making a mountain out of a molehill with your porn. And so he, in his mind, porn was mountain. In God's mind, it was this molehill. And so I said to him, can you picture a mountain next to a molehill? And he said, yeah, the molehill is way, way smaller. <laughs> and so God's view of sin in this guy's life relative to who he is in his destiny was so much smaller than what this guy was saying. And, and, and then I said, can you picture yourself next to a molehill? Now, him next to a mountain, the mountain's way too big. The mountain would crush him. But him next to a molehill, he said, yeah, I'm way bigger than it. And I said, can you crush the molehill under your foot? And he said, yeah, for sure, easily. And isn't that what God does? It's, it's amazing to me how God doesn't say, I'm going to crush Satan under my feet. He says, I'm going to crush Satan. The God of peace will crush Satan under your foot. Yeah. So he's using us and he so believes in us, even when we've been in sin, that he, he knows that he can use us and work through us to crush Satan under our feet even though we're sinners. It, it blows my mind. So what do you think that makes sense relative to your sin to you? I would encourage you go to the Lord with that because mm-hmm. what he would say probably won't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really well said. So today, think through, how does God approach me? How do I approach God? And what is God's heart in all of this? And we hope that you learn kind of through this uh, podcast a little bit about what this looks like for you. And we hope that God's speaking to you. We believe he is. So just take this today, that there is hope for you. There is a next day and God is for you. He's with you. And that invitation to just receive that love is always there for you. So receive that and just be embraced by him. Wherever you're at, come to him. So thank you guys. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.